Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth, and welcome to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, concentrated commentary on the worlds of Doctor Who. This is episode 444, Two Thirds of the Beast. Objectivity, subjectivity. They're present in my reaction to anything I read, watch, and even criticize. How well was the story told? And was it a good story? Those are two overlapping questions. And this is a long-winded preamble to why the hell it took me six days to figure out what to say about Orphan 55, an episode that some people liked, some people disliked, and after my first viewing, I thought it was the worst episode since Chris Chibnall became showrunner. I didn't hate it so much the second time around, but I'm still not a fan. But in this time of polarized reactions to, say, The Rise of Skywalker, and with a long memory of my battle scars over loving Journey's End and liking very much The End of Time, I couldn't muster a same-day hot take. It felt complicated. And then I caught up on part three of the CW's sprawling mess of a superhero crossover series, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it hit me like a lightning bolt. Orphan 55 is a mess, okay? It's an overcomplicated mess with an underlying message that's laudable but so ham-fistedly speechified in the end that Kim Rogers at Head Over Feels rightly calls it a very special episode of Doctor Who. The direction and editing are choppy as if to cover up production roadblocks. There are too many characters. The character deaths are arbitrary. The story logic is forced. In the space between about 36 and 38 minutes, we randomly find out that the resort doors won't close, Silas chooses that moment to have a tantrum and run off, and we find out that Bella's hopper virus can transform the fuel needed to restart the escape teleporter. In two minutes! I can think of better things to do in two minutes. Anyway, the one thing in which I found delight in Orphan 55 was Tosin Cole's utterly charismatic and hilarious performance, as well as his early flirtation with Bella. Not enough for me. So, let me bop over to Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's, objectively, an even bigger mess. The dialogue is on the nose, with even more pressure to bullet train through the plot than Orphan 55 suffered from. You thought 11 characters in a truck was too many? Look at all the hero cameos and actors playing double roles in Crisis. Just about everything that frustrated me in Orphan 55, I see in Crisis. Crisis is not good television. And yet, because I've loved these characters and get some of the references... Nostalgia is powering me along. It's pleasurable, even though it's bad. And that's what unlocked the mystery of Orphan 55 for me. I've always had a weakness for archetypal superhero stories, especially with callbacks. But although many fans see Base Under Siege and Horror as the peak Doctor Who format and genre, I'm really indifferent to both. Give me high-concept sci-fi or interpersonal drama. I haven't even been impatient for the main cast to be imperiled, which was another thing that Orphan 55 fans craved. So, I've taken longer than two minutes, well, I took six days, to figure out that Orphan 55 is a story that doesn't work, and it doesn't work for me. In comparison, Chris Chibnall's own 42 executed Base Under Siege better, and writer Ed Heim's previous It Takes You Away was more lyrical and emotionally interesting to me, even if it didn't deliver necessary consequences in the end. 
Instead, Orphan 55 is right there in the Venn diagram intersection. Clumsy direction and scripting, serving the kind of Doctor Who story that doesn't appeal to two-minute time lords. Let's do this again tomorrow, okay? More episodes are at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com, and I'm on Twitter at numeral 2 minute time Lord. I'll be returning to the Radio Free Scarrow live stage at Gallifrey One in February. I'm celebrating the 13th Doctor and want your tweets to be a part of it. What have you loved the most about the 13th Doctor's era? Hit me up on Twitter with the hashtag Doctor13RFS. That's Doctor13RFS. Doctor13RFS.